We share the red pill as we move on to philosopher of mine, David Chalmers' hard problem, qualia. Here we enter a territory of incompetence much more grandiose than the inability to protect the environment or to figure out how to align social interactions. Subjective experiential mental function is known as consciousness or sentience. The various conscious experiential states are called qualia. Consciousness is, by definition, the only type of thing one can ever experience, yet it is mostly ignored by science, with excuses like that which is subjective cannot be objectively studied. However, when someone studies anything, they make use of their subjectivity. Notably, the most important property of experience, valence, or how good or bad something feels, can be placed on an axis from negative to positive, almost but not quite entirely, unlike a thermometer scale. The Qualia Research Institute, the QRI, is a newly formed group of people in the United States. A group starting to develop ways to put degree numbers on how enjoyable or painful qualia are. They expect to eventually produce entire weather maps of conscious mental states for all entities. A map with no features on it at all may correspond to a hypothetical type of intellect known as a philosophical zombie. Just how intelligent such an entity can ever be is completely unknown in 2019. That's because the scientific study of how consciousness arises is still on the same primitive level as the sciences of astronomy and chemistry were hundreds of years ago. Science is then also known as astrology and alchemy. Qualia are still mostly either taken for granted or ignored, unlike with more urgent things such as nuclear weapons. As a case in point, we contacted Nick Boostrom at the FHI with a proposal for research collaboration with the QRI. 
the FHI had previously announced a boost in funding by 13 million pounds and an interest in developing ethics for future digital minds. The replies we got from the secretary stated that neither Bostrom nor anybody else at the FHI had the capacity to engage with the QRI, but she did extend her warm wishes. When future historians look back, they may be able to tell the story of how humans brought the world's best mathematicians, physicists and engineers together when they wanted to destroy entire cities. But after that, it took a century before, perhaps, a couple of people were awarded with the Nobel Prize for having made the first maps of the state space of consciousness, completely under the radar of all world leaders and the Futures Studies Institutes. Their patents on how to install harmony into minds had, by then, perhaps, improved fields from psychiatry to AI safety as much as dynamite had improved mining. The hard problem of metal, ancient humans found themselves in an environment where almost everything contained only localized electrons. Things from water to trees to rock was non-metallic. Rare finds of native gold, silver, copper proved an alluring exception. If there had been a Sam Harris back then, he might have said that no matter what explanation is ever put forth to account for the mysterious metallic property of ductility combined with reflectance, he would be convinced it would not make him feel one bit the wiser. The actual Sam Harris of today probably accepts a physics model with localized and delocalized electrons to be an explanation which makes him wiser. However, things are back to square one with consciousness, which seems to require delocalized information. Nobody can be certain what information fundamentally is, but there are models of how it behaves. Max Tegmark proposes that information can in special cases behave such that it feels like something to be that information. However, neither he nor neuroscientists Giulio Tononi and Christoph Koch have managed to fill the something with any content. Their information integration theory, IIT, suggests that intelligent philosophical zombie computer systems are possible, as well as unintelligent conscious machines. But IIT is only a hard-to-use formula for determining the hypothetical strength of consciousness and says nothing about what it feels like nor even about that most important aspect, the valence. It is a bit like an alchemist saying they know certain conditions under which chemical reactions are likely to take place, but having no idea as to what reactions. Indeed, as clueless as 18th century scientists were about whether a thermometer ought to measure the quantity of cold or the quantity of heat, ignorance rules. Ignorance also ruled those early humans who did not know if metals are common or rare in the universe as a whole, any more than humans today know how common states of subjective experience are in the wider multiverse. Metals seemed rare in the ancient environment, and consciousness now seems rare to people brought up in a Western culture influenced by René Descartes, who determined with strong confidence that human beings are the only conscious forms of life. In the spirit of Descartes, many people take for granted that qualia were not produced in the prebiotic environment of the newly formed planet Earth. But at some point, qualia came to be successfully used by biology for binding diverse information into a form highly efficient for agency. Maybe advanced thinking creatures could not have evolved without consciousness. Analogously, metal came to be successfully used by one of the resulting types of creatures. A technological civilization might not have been possible to build without metal. For instance, information can flow much faster through metal than through other easily manufactured materials. Once an advanced technological civilization exists, 
engineers could find a way to replace pretty much all metallic materials with non-metallic substitutes if they had the incentive to do so. Perhaps requiring extra work, but given enough incentives, it could be done. Might consciousness, too, be possible to replace with pure zombie AI? There are mostly just availability considerations to care about in materials science. But when it comes to sentience, things might get more tricky. This brings us to Nick Bostrom's Disneyland Without Children scenario. After all, aren't children a big complication for Disneyland? That sounds absurd, of course, but remember that economics incentives routinely lead to perverse instantiations. It's no stretch to say that human-level intelligence requires extensively integrated information. But since the knowledge about consciousness is still at alchemy astrology level, it is not certain that compounding of information in a fast but Turing-style step-by-step fashion produces qualia. Even if it turns out it does, there could be alternative ways of advanced information processing available to future IT engineers, some of which might be capable of producing philosophical zombie minds performing any job their owner wants without having a status other than as objects of commerce, if ethics remain grounded only in sentience. If some such mind architecture turns out to also be cheaper in terms of resource use, this would only worsen the problem. Having zombie slaves do all the work for an aristocracy of super wealthy humans may sound nice to some, but in a scenario where the slaves are permanently inhibited from constructing new types of brain architectures for themselves, or where they are truly zombie-like in that they all lack a utility function for upgrading their minds, an eventual extinction of the biological humans could perhaps lead to a remaining robot civilization fossilized in a state similar to a Disneyland without children. Or in a philosophical zombie drama version, like a Moby Dick without Ishmael. The work of the QRI is aimed at preventing that from happening. A long-term, sustainable, harmonic society really needs to upgrade beyond alignment with power and money as the only parameters. But how? Probably not without first picking some fruits of knowledge hanging from the branches of a tree hidden by a camouflage field called somebody else's problem, SEP. Going after money and power produces motivation and positive valence in many human minds. This will function as a sort of honeypot where the major actors in the world remain stuck without realizing that valence itself is the one basic value dimension in the universe. A huge diversity of qualia can all have valence as one of their properties, which makes for an integration of a mind's information bearing and motivational aspects into one. This makes consciousness highly efficient for intelligent agency, but also enjoyable during resting and meditation, when no acting or decision-making is taking place. In the extreme, this suggests the possibility of wireheading a psyche to experience maximum bliss without doing useful work of any kind. A metaphorical blue pill with dysfunctional implications for society. A red pill, on the other hand, involves taking in all information and acting on consequences, all of which cannot remain identically attractive if intelligence is to be preserved. 
An optimal society would have to strike a lagom balance between blue and red. Intelligences of the future need the mental skill of moving between blissful blue, practical purple and rational red more harmoniously than most people of today are able to. Methods to begin improving this ability are under development at the QRI. Early 21st century science is as incompetent in the area of consciousness as alchemists and astrologers were in chemistry and astronomy. Shall that incompetence forever be swept under a blue rug with the word advanced pasted all over it? If that happens, our descendants will be pretty much guaranteed to exist in societies not optimized for well-being. The unsung heroes of today may turn out to be the few who choose to take the red pill and challenge that incompetence, transforming consciousness studies into a branch of physics in a way that parallels what has already happened with chemistry and astronomy. They may come to discover elements of qualia that crystallize into compounds of states of mind whose properties can be mapped in phase diagrams with parameters corresponding to properties like energy and entropy. Is the Einstein of consciousness already among us still unrecognized? Or the Eminether of consciousness happy to provide Einstein with the vital insights of how much can be revealed through the study of symmetry? Will a future history of science have on its map of iconic discoveries an Itterby mine and a Gadolinite mineral of consciousness? from which a whole group of qualia elements got revealed through spectral analysis. The original Ytterby is located in Sweden, a country known for its high position on both axes of Ingelhart Welzel's Cartesian diagram of cultural values. Could such a culture help foster a red pill determination to help the Americans or the Chinese solve consciousness and turn that advanced incompetence into actual insight?